I solemnly swear I am up to no good. Hello, 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 Nerd Nation. Welcome to another episode of the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Thank you for returning for another weekly episode. It is so good to be back to somewhat of a normal schedule, of a normal routine for this podcast. Talked a little bit last week about the silence that the show took in honor of everything, and plus just having to reboot because though I may not be a person of color, the hate that I saw in the world towards people of color and towards minorities was breaking my heart, and it was just rough to try to put a show together knowing that kind of hate was going on in the world. I have said it uh, quite a bit uh, on this show um since it happened last week and i say it a lot in person and on social media i may not be able to understand but i i do stand with you um this show will always be a safe place to uh people of color lgbtq anyone considered quote unquote a minority in this country or in this world in any aspect um if you are back to work. I hope you are safe. If you are not working and you are home, I hope you are staying sane. I hope that you and yours are safe uh, during these uh, rough times, not just with the hate and the injustice in the world, but as a lot of people are like to calling it um, wrongfully, the second wave of COVID cases. Let's be honest, people. We have not finished the first wave because normally a wave goes down and we have yet to go down. Be smart. Wear a mask. Be considerate of others, please. Um, I also want to take the time to all those uh, who tuned into last week's episode of uh, Captain America. I know it was not a traditional episode, and it was coming off uh, a long pause of silence, a uh, moment of silence, if you will. Uh, so I just want to take the time to thank you again for listening in to last week's episode. I hope that... Um, that we can get through this. I hope that uh, we can stand together as uh, a country, as a world, and I hope that uh, in the near future things will change for the better. I hope that we lean towards compassion and love and whatever that those moves are that get us towards that direction of compassion and love and be the country that I know we can be, um, to be the world that we were meant to be. Uh, I hope that we will all stand together and take us towards that direction. Um, however, uh, we got a nice little show going on today. One of my favorite things that I've ever worked on for this podcast. Uh, thank you again for tuning in. DJ Mike Howie, take us in. It's time to get nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your host, Tyler Mack. (laughs) 
Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions, and Ashley Lodge Photography. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation by using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find the show on the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email the show at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Now get ready to nerd out with your host, the sweet tea of the nerdy south, your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another week of the 30 Nerdy Podcast. I am your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Greetings, greetings, and salutations, my dearest nerds and nerdettes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's good to be back on somewhat of a regular schedule. Your regularly scheduled podcast with the leader here of the Nerd World Order. Uh, welcome. I know that last time was not a, how you say, conventional episode. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for still tuning in. Thank you for the views, the shares, the likes, the comments. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's get this show started with um, a pod promo for this week. Now, this this show is in my weekly um, schedule. I listen to it week in and week out. It is one of my favorite shows to listen to each week. Uh, they are fantastic. They are a lot like us. They are nerds. They're part of the nerd world order, definitely, and the nerd nation. They are good friends of the show, and I love a good play on words. This pod promo of the week is Nerds with Friends. Hi, I'm Cody. And I'm Christian. And we're Nerds with Friends. Not just two nerds who have some friends. No, we're your hosts for the podcast, Nerds with Friends. We cover any topic that people can nerd out over, from TV, movies, and comics, to conventions, tabletop RPGs, and much more. Nerds with Friends comes out every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And of course, on our website, nerdswithfriendspodcast.com. Join us every week as we confess our nerdy confessions and talk about the latest in nerdy news. And remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you for listening. Now back to the show. Like I said, you should definitely check out their show. I listen to it every week. Uh, Great topics. Great discussion. uh, No matter what kind of nerd you may be. They are there for you. They are. Your nerds with the friends. So uh, let's uh, let's talk nerdy a little bit. Uh, I've got a nerd vocabulary word for you. Everyone has probably used this word in their nerdly lives. Uh, nerd crush. Now this is a crush on a fictional character of nerd culture. For instance, I had the biggest nerd crush on Kimberly the Pink Power Ranger when I was a kid. And my current nerd crush is probably Sydney Goodman from IGN's Daily Fix. So I hope she's listening. Keep up the great work, Sydney. I tune in every day to get a lot of the news that I sh- then share onto the nerd world order. So that is your nerdly, nerdcabulary word, nerd crush. Use it in a sentence this week. So... Before I took a hiatus, I introduced a new segment called Random on Random. 
some random facts for random topics, stuff like that. So did you know that four times more people speak English as a second language than as a native one? It is the most widely spoken tongue in the world, with nearly two billion people learning it on a second language, and only 350 million people speak it natively. That's that's crazy. So there's your random on random for the day. Uh, let's hear a few words from our sponsors, and after that, we will be getting into our nerdly news with Barry Nerdington back on site today. Can't wait to hear from you, but before that, let's get to a few words from our sponsors. The arts are a vital part of the educational process, which is another key to economic development and improved quality of life. Arts education and opportunities help participants develop skills in critical thinking, Goal setting, team building, problem solving, conflict resolution, and craftsmanship. At Encore Theatrical Company, they aren't just dreaming it, they're doing it. Through the global pandemic, many of the arts have suffered due to shutdown of theaters, museums, schools, and other artistic vehicles. However, here at Encore, the show must go on. Follow along as we evolve and entertain during what we call Encore Intermission. We are highlighting patrons, performers, community members, and much more. You may see voice lessons, mini-concerts, Zoom plays, and other artsy escapes for you during this trying time. Follow along daily with new posts from hashtag Encore Intermission. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us, where it's not just theater, it's Encore. Ashley Lodge Photography is the place to go if you want an original, fun, and creative photo shoot. A true variety junkie, Ashley's main focus is bringing out all the personalities and vibrant colors that make your life unique. Specializing in commercial and dance photography, Ashley Lodge has had 15 years of professional experience and is available for any type of photo shoot, weddings, headshots, seniors and newborns. Ashley has the passion and creativity to offer clients a truly one-of-a-kind experience. Clients enjoy photo shoots in a professional commercial studio located in downtown Morristown, Tennessee, as well as anywhere else on the planet. Seriously, Earth is pretty huge, so dream big. Ashley is ready to leap into an amazing art that you and your family, your company, or dance studio is inspired to create. If you mention 30 and Nerdy Podcast, you will receive 20% discount. Check out www.ashleylodgephotography.com to get inspired and book your next photo shoot. Meanwhile, back at 30 and Nerdy... Good day. I'm Barry Nerdington, and this is your Nerdly News, where we report, you decide. Producer Michael Bay's pandemic thriller, Songbird, was expected to be one of the first Hollywood projects to enter production in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, but the film has encountered a complication. Songbird has been hit with a do-not-work order by the Actors Union SAG-AFTRA, 
According to The Hollywood Reporter, the union is issued the order after serious concerns were raised about the unclear safety precautions being employed on set. Until Bay completes the signature process, SAG-AFTRA is banning its members from participating in the movie. The Demi Moore-led thriller is a joint effort between Bay and production companies Invisible Narratives and Catchlight Films. Amazon Studios has announced a Fallout TV series with Westworld creators Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy serving as producers. Variety reports that Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy are developing a show based on the very popular RPG video game series. Bethesda Game Studios will be involved with the development of the show, and series director Todd Howard will serve as executive producer. If you like your 1980s toys as totally 80s as possible, then you are in for a treat. Hasbro's latest crossover Transformer action figure hits all the right notes. The newest Autobot to join the crossover line is Gigawatt, a time-traveling robot in disguise celebrating 35 years since the release of Back to the Future. Gigawatt includes a blaster and whip antenna accessories along with Doc Brown-like goggles and a flux capacitor chest piece and time circuits to boot. In vehicle mode, Gigawatt's gull-wing doors are fully functional. The tires switch from regular to flat for all those times you don't need roads. The first run is limited to Walmart.com and arrived on July 3rd. The next round is not planned until October and will arrive on HasbroPulse.com and select retailers. Gigawatt joins G.I. Joe Classified and Ecto-1 in the Transformers 80s pop culture line for nostalgic action figures. Look for pictures of this new edition on 30 and Nerdy Podcast's Facebook page and other social platforms. Stargirl has been renewed for a second season, but will make the jump to CW in the process. With the renewal, the CW and its digital platforms will be the exclusive in-season home for the series starting with the second season. Season 2 will not stream on the show's original home at DC Universe. As testing continues at WWE, more COVID cases are being found. Over 30 stars and staff at the WWE Performance Center have tested positive for COVID-19. The company has administered 1,500 tests since they began testing employees of all kinds at the end of June. The rise in WWE COVID cases comes in despite the installation of the face mask policy. The policy was installed for all TV tapings moving forward. Everyone in attendance must wear masks from here until further notice. Any violations to the mask protocol will be fined $500 for the first offense and $1,000 for any offenses after. Despite the rising cases, Vince McMahon is reluctant to shut down production of the live tapings at the Performance Center. Tron 3 has been on again and off again for a while now since 2010's Tron Legacy. However, Disney exec Mitchell Lieb stopped by the Light the Fuse podcast and let it be known that Tron 3 has officially started production. It will follow the accounts of Legacy, but will not see the return of the cast. Instead, Jared Leto is now involved with the project, and Lieb is hopeful to see a return by Daft Punk to handle the music again. The development is still early, according to Lieb, and no release date has been discussed. 
on June 26th, Xbox renewed the trademark on Fable. This follows the appearance of a new Fable Twitter account with a Microsoft email account attached to it. Fans are excited with many claiming this game alone would be what makes the decision for them to buy an Xbox Series X. Depending on its release, some fans even say it could be their first purchase. Fans have not seen a Fable title since Fable 3 during the Xbox 360 era in 2010. The Xbox Game Showcase on July 23rd would be a prime moment to make an announcement to get the excitement stirring even more, but most fans are not expecting anything big at this time. In 2021, Marvel will own all rights and full control of Alien, Predator, and the Alien vs. Predator comic book franchise. They were originally made by Dark Horse Comics beginning in 1989. This will spawn new series and crossover opportunities with other Marvel IPs in the future. This could be a similar moment like Star Wars leaving from Dark Horse, because Disney now owns all of those IPs as well. It has been revealed that a Batman spinoff series is headed to HBO Max based on the new Matt Reeves universe. He is working with HBO Max on a new GCPD show set in the same universe as The Batman with Robert Pattinson in it. There is no title yet for the show, but Boardwalk Empire's Terrence Winter will oversee the write the series. It does make a lot of sense for them to use the HBO Max platform to complement the DC films. We do already know that Bad Robot is working on a Justice League Dark show for HBO Max, and there will be a Zazana film on the horizon. All of these could point to the idea that DC's reconstruction will head in the Justice League Dark direction, with Batman, Zatanna, J.L. Dark, and even Constantine name being dropped for the near future. The plan is to have the shows and movies all connect, and have connected cast as well, like Disney Plus is doing with the MCU. In other DC news, Batwoman is recasting its Caped Crusader after Ruby Rose's exit following Season 1 finale. Entertainment Weekly has learned Javisha Leslie has been cast as the Crimson Knight on CW's Batwoman. She will be the first person of color to don the cape and cowl of any of the Bat family. The new Batwoman's civilian alter ego is Ryan Wilder and is known to be the exact opposite of Kate Kane. She is likable, messy, goofy, and untamed. She is a highly skilled and wildly undisciplined fighter. This will be completely different than Kane's brooding seriousness and a fresh face to what most heroes are like in the CW universe. And also, a big change because she has no analog character in comic book lore. Showrunner Caroline Dreis says that there is no erasing Kate Kane, and Ruby Rose for that matter. Kane's disappearance will be a story arc for season 2 and will not be ignored. She is very aware of the rumor mill going around and recasting will have nothing to do with it. She loves Ruby Rose and Kane's character, so there will be no erasing her. She also went on to say that LGBTQ justice is and will remain at the center of what Batwoman is as a show and a character. The Pirates of the Caribbean series is setting sail again with the sixth installment, but shifting the sails in a different direction in casting Margot Robbie as the lead. This film will take place in the same universe and is still open to see other characters, or at least mention of them, in the film. 
This will help expand Disney's Pirateverse into more stories and new characters, kind of like the Fast and the Furious franchise has done. Christina Hodson, who wrote Birds of Prey and Bumblebee, will be penning the script. This film is in no way a reboot, but a new original tale to continue the franchise from different perspectives, as well as new characters. That is the end of your nerdly news. I'm Barry Nerdington saying good day and cheers to you. Back to you, Tyler. Thank you, Barry. Well, Nerd Nation, it is finally time. I finally get to talk about something that I nerd out about more than most things these days. And you'll know when it's coming because I shout, I know that voice! I'm a voice acting fan from day one-ish. If you have watched anything that is not live action, whether it be CGI, game, cartoon, whatever, I apologize because if I hear a familiar voice and pinpoint it, I will go absolutely nerdcore on you about the artist and every big thing they have ever done. I might even delve into where and how they got their start. So I'm finally going to talk to you about some of the biggest voice actors in our... Uh, past, present, Nerdiverse, and even some who have been doing it for longer than I have been alive. Some of us. Longer than some of us have been alive. I'll also delve into some of the history of voice acting, like uh, old Looney Tunes, Disney cartoons from before we were born, blah, blah, blah. Uh, We're going to be talking about the history of voice acting, the godfather of voice acting, the versatility of the voice, the direction of the voice, voicing the video games, and finally, the celebrities of voice acting. So why don't we go ahead and get into the world of voice acting and nerd culture with the history of voice acting. What does it mean to be a voice actor? Well, you know, for most people, it's you go into a room, you're given a script, and you do the voice. I mean, sure, you hear the inner world or watch cartoons like cartoons. Sorry, I'm getting a little giddy or watch cartoons like Pinky and the Brain or Clone Wars. Uh, But have you ever stopped to think, hmm, I wonder who's in that little room doing the voice to that character? It's also not as simple as walking into a room and, and doing funny voices and getting a bunch of money. It's acting. Can you yell as this person? Can you cry as this person? Can you get hit in the gut like this person? Can you be that person in any scenario that you are given? However, it's a scary place to be. You could be playing Vegeta in Dragon Ball Z for two seasons, and then boom, they could recast your voice. Or the character be written off and resurrected with a different voice. Kind of like what happened to Vegeta after the Saiyan Saga leading into the Frieza Saga. (laughs) Um... The tradition kind of began with old puppet shows uh, when those actors would establish characters by just small changes in their voice. Uh, This began during the vaudeville age after the silent pictures, but the character voices came from the insanity that was vaudeville silent actors uh, breaking into what was called the talkies. Uh, They thought that when silent film was over and uh, they would have to act with these outrageous voices and some did uh, when the uh, cartoons came along. So after the talkies hit, 
and the silent film era was over, these actors had no idea what to do. Some of them had never heard their own voice in television and movies. So they thought when they had to go to voice acting, they had to do these outrageous voices to perform the character. And that's kind of where it comes from. Um, the first cartoon was actually created by Max uh, Fisher uh, when he created Finding His Voice in 1929. Now, the cartoon had dialogue, movement, and a soundtrack. However, by definition, the first talking cartoon was uh, Dinner Time by Paul Terry. Now, he, pre he preceded Walt Disney by a month. However, after seeing The Jazz Singer, which was the first talking picture, and the dinnertime cartoon, Disney's brain started spinning. So as we all know, Steamboat Willie was born. Even though if you want to get technical about it, Mickey never really had a voice. The first full-on speaking cartoon movie was Snow White, which Disney, to be honest, thought was going to be a flop. But we, today, know that it was not. It was not a flop. It is one of everyone's favorite classic Disney movies. It is a lot of people's favorite princess. Um, so that's some pretty fun facts. Voice actors from the radio era, um, you know, like radio shows, what was crazy is, I mean, obviously I was not alive during the radio show time, but you see old, old pictures and old videos of people looking at their radios during a radio show as if it's a TV. They're, they're so latched on to the voices uh, that are telling the story, whether it's the Lone Ranger, Little Orphan Annie, anything like that. You can see them watching a radio like we watch TV. Um, they knew that this was going to take off, so most radio personalities flocked to uh, the cartoons. Uh, however, most of us would say that the first contact with cartoon voices are, of course, the ridiculous voices that our parents and family would use when speaking to you as a child. What's it? Oh, look at you. You're so cute. Look at them little cheeks. Those were probably our first interaction with cartoon voice acting. Um, let's talk a little bit about what who is known as the godfather of the voice actors. When looking back, uh, you would consider the godfather of the voice actors. You only have to really search one name, and that is Mel Blanc. Now, Mel Blanc, that is M-E-L-B-L-A-N-C, if you want to look him up, he voiced and birthed the voice, basically, of Daffy Duck, Dino the Dinosaur, Bugs Bunny, Barney Rubble, Cosmo Jetson, Foghorn Leghorn, Elmer Fudd, and so many more to count. He was the birthplace of many of those voices that you try to impersonate day in and day out. Um, seriously, give this guy a... A look up, look him up on IMDb or look or wherever you want to do your search. Mel Blank birthed the cartoon voice. He is truly the godfather of the voice actors. Um, if you go back and watch the old cartoon Wabbit Season, Duck Season, uh, there's an entire scene where uh, Bugs dresses as Daffy um, to get Elmer Fudd to choose who to hunt. Uh, that was literally Mel Blank. In all characters, as many in many situations, first he is Elmer Fudd, Bugs Bunny, and Daffy, being themselves. Then Mel begins Bugs. Uh, Mel begin being Elmer, and Mel being Daffy. Now, now he first starts out as just them, as those original, all three, doing the voice to all three. However, at one moment, it becomes Mel Blank being Bugs, doing a Daffy impression. Daffy doing a Bugs impression and Elmer Fudd. 
That's talent, ladies and gentlemen. That is something all voice actors strive to be. You can, if you can talk to any voice actor uh, in, in Hollywood and today, um, who is the godfather of the voice actor, they will all tell you Mel Blanc. He started it all for a lot of them. Um, there's a documentary. I have told most of you all before this episode was coming to watch I Know That Voice. Uh, it's put on by John DiMaggio, who is the voice of Bender in Futurama and all of his friends. And they have some of these old interviews with Mel Blanc on how he came to the voice of like Bugs and Daffy Duck. And it's really cool. You should definitely um, check it out. Now, when you talk about voice acting, there's a versatility that comes. There's a versatility of the voice actor. Um, in voice acting, you would be surprised actually how one person could play a hero, a villain, a girl, a nerd, heck, a donkey, or even a different race. That is what makes a voice actor so cool and what makes the world of voice acting so amazing to me is that someone like me, a 5'9", 230-pound curly-haired guy, would never be seen in a real film as Batman or Wolverine or as Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. But as a voice actor, I could play all three of them. That's, that's really what's, what's awesome about voice acting is I don't look a thing like Gaston, but I could voice him in a cartoon or a CGI performance. I don't look a thing like Batman, but I could do a voice and be Batman in the cartoons. Um, and I think that's really what, what, what gets me about voice acting is that if you see a lot of these people that voice your favorite heroes, they look nothing like, sometimes they look nothing like what you would see Batman or Wolverine being, or Superman. Um, and it's all in the versatility of their voice. The other amazing thing about the versatility of voice actors comes in like, small changes or nuances. For instance, there's this popular modern voice actor called D. Bradley Baker, who voices all the clones in the Clone War series. Uh, he, one person, does every voice of the clones, yet they all have something different when you hear them. One may be lighthearted and a rookie. One may be seasoned and gruff. One may be older. One may have a swagger to them. One man does every voice of the clones and gives something personal to each one, and I think that's pretty spectacular. I mean, take the time to go back and watch some of the episodes of The Clone Wars where the clones are talking to each other, especially if they have their helmets off, and you're actually seeing their faces and how they how the addition of little nuances gives them little differences. Um, and you can almost like they're different characters, but they're clones. He does that with his voice. Um, there's another guy uh, I'm very impressed with is James Arnold Taylor. Uh, now he voices Obi-Wan Kenobi in The Clone Wars, and that's another person you should definitely look up. Uh, the only thing I do want to mention about him is his Obi-Wan is one we have all loved during the Clone Wars run, but the fun fact is all he did was combine the voices and tones of Ewan McGregor and Sir Alec Guinness. Uh, that's all he did. But he has created an Obi-Wan for us all to love, and he has become an Obi-Wan for a, an entire generation. Uh, the impressive thing about him is his voice acting talent goes so far as 
He's not just Obi-Wan, he's Fred Flintstone in the modern era of cartoons since the early 2000s. He's the Jack Sparrow in the Kingdom Hearts games and Obi-Wan Kenobi in Clone Wars. I mean, he has hundreds of other, you know, titles on his resume, but I think that's, that is versatility, and that, I think, is what makes a voice actor um, very prominent in this day and age, especially with the, the increase of anime and cartoons and CGI and animated YouTube shows. If you have true versatility in your voice acting, you can play anyone. And if you listen to me and you go watch this documentary, I Know That Voice, you will see that these thousands of cartoon characters we grew up, some of them are the same people playing completely different voices. That's versatility, people. That's what makes them, I think, just as good, if not better. They have more versatility than any film actor sometimes, especially today's film actors. But, you know, let's talk about the direction of the voice. Um... As an actor on screen or the stage may be the focus, um, a director still needed. There are many directors of voice acting from Seth Green, yes, that Seth Green, Chris Zimmerman, and Andrea Romano. Uh, however, if you ask any of those directors or other actors, voice actors, who the true legend in voice direction is, it's Gordon Hunt. Uh, he was the voice director of Hanna-Barbera for a very long time. Uh, Andrea Romano went as far as to say he is an actor's director. And because of the nature we make cartoons, which is we record the voices first and then animate to that, you affect the entire process if you don't get a good performance out of your actors. Gordon was uh, from the theater world originally, so he would envision the characters as he might cast them in a play, basically. Uh, rather than just look down at the page and hear the voices coming in. Uh, he was the first to be very adamant on the fact that these actors are not puppets. They are the performance. They are actors. They are not people you can make dance on a, on a string. Uh, Andrea Romano, who is another voice director who kind of studied under Gordon, uh, she focuses on the act of being genuine with each thing she directs. Uh, she bounces around a lot, um, from Batman to SpongeBob to Avatar, uh, but she always focuses on the fact that each performance has to be genuine and not just a guy or a girl saying lines on a page in a funny voice. If you don't have that genuine performance, they'll hear that. The fans will hear that. The fans will hear... If someone's just not genuine about voicing a character in SpongeBob, they can you can hear in your favorite cartoons the passion. So if there is no genuine performance, then you might as well not do it. I think the tough... I truly think the tough part about being a voice director, though, is... And especially if you watch this documentary, is when you're you are also the voice actor in your own project. At a lot of times, like uh, Seth Green is the voice acting director of Robot Chicken, but he also does how many voices in Robot Chicken? Uh, Dan uh, Pavenmeyer, 
who direct, who is a voice director for Phineas and Ferb, he's also the voice to Doofenshmirtz at the same time. Now, this happens a lot in the voice acting world. You know, there's a rarity that you see in um, television and film. Well, television and film, definitely. Let's be honest. We've all, you know, we've all done theater performances if you were a stage actor with directors who are in their own shows. But it is very, very rare in, in film and TV that a director is not just directing but lead roles or whatever as well. Um, so that's that's pretty tough. That's got to be hard. A huge percentage of voice directors are aiding their own voices all while having to balance the whole thing. And I think that that is got to be hard. I mean, I have... I have before on stage directed and been in the same show that I'm directing, and that's hard. I couldn't imagine having to not just wrangle all the voice actors and make sure it matches with the animation, but also have to do my own voice and then have to make sure that voice is matching with the animation. I mean, you have got to have a heck of a team surrounding you. Um, I mean, that's that's, that's tough. Uh, however, most voice directors would agree that you cannot puppet master the whole aspect. Uh, Gordon Hunt even goes on to say that he uh, he saw so much in the theater uh, directing, taking the organic freedom away, and there was so much, okay, you walk in, and you cross, and you pick up the drink, and you say blah, blah, blah. And as a stage performer myself, I have worked for some directors uh, like that, and it truly can take away creativity uh, from you as a performer. I couldn't imagine physically <laughs> being boxed in to do your craft and literally and creatively being boxed in uh, as a voice actor. That I feel like that would just be um, a nightmare. Um, a lot of... Let's, let's move on to kind of where voice acting has evolved into voicing the video games. So a lot of voice actors... Uh, including Tara Strong and John DiMaggio, has said this was the next great evolution in voice acting. Uh, whether it be World of Warcraft, Halo, Gears of War, Call of Duty, what have you, the actors play a very crucial role in the world of video games. Uh, most would even say that the process of making a full video game these days are as big as movies. Uh, the voice actor in a video game has been called even the magic equation to finish the process. Um, one voice... Um, everyone kind of knows in video games is the extra voices in war games uh, uh, like frag out or get down um, those are actually one person uh, Nolan North is the voice actor behind all those extra voices in war games um, if you watch Young Justice he is actually the voice of Superman and Superboy uh, as well as a few uh, additional voices. And if you wonder what he looks like, and you are a Pretty Little Liars fan, he is Spencer Hastings' dad. So that's what he looks like in real life. A lot of voice actors would say that video games are a bit harder uh, because most of the dialogue in video games require a lot of screaming and louder sound bites that can actually cause voice injury. Even bleeding vocal cords, sometimes. Um, just to give... Moments like, you know, if you've played Gears of War, Mon Marcus is constantly yelling in a very gruff voice, and that is John DiMaggio who voices him, and he uh, has gone on to say that um, it's tough. Um, 
there have been a lot of uh, evolutionary tactics that a lot of people have learned. Um, you've got a lot of yelling voices like uh, Nolan North shouting in Call of Duty, Fred uh, Testacchiori as uh, Hulk in Avengers cartoons. So video gaming can be very hard on the vocal cords. Um, they some of them even go from ga uh, gaming video voice acting into their normal video uh their normal cartoon voice acting uh for instance john dimaggio sometimes would have to go from marcus and gears of war straight into playing bender and futurama in the same week and he would talk he talks about in the documentary that's tough um it's the tough part of voice acting uh that you don't hear about regularly uh, but a lot of them have little things little nuances that help them some of them sing to and from work to train their vocal cords uh creating fake yells like uh, a lot of stage actors do uh, and there's also different herbs and uh, hot teas that some voice actors use so I also um, you know I play a lot of video games uh, not as much as I used to and I also suggest that you look up some of your favorite video games like Call of Duty or Gears of War or Bioshock or any of those and check out who's voicing those and the rest of their resume it's really cool um, and that goes back to the versatility that we talked about earlier um, let's talk about the last little thing here uh, the celebrities of voice acting even though most uh, voice acting celebrities would say they love what they do because it still gives them some bit of anonymity so that they can go to the store or to a theme park without being bombarded for autographs and pictures. Uh, they are celebrities in this world of entertainment, and I want to talk about some of my favorites from the voice acting world. Now, these are no particular order, uh, but I am going to name a few things about them in hopes that you know that you notice and it entices you to look them up for yourself. As well as, please, again, watch the documentary. I know that voice. It will open your eyes. It really will. Uh, the first one is probably my all-time favorite, Jim Cummings. Now, this voice actor is my favorite because he's done it all. Uh, he's the voice of Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Darkwing Duck, Pete, um, you know, check the map, goof. That Pete uh, from Disney. Ray from Princess and the Frog. And literally hundreds of other dating back to before I was even born in 89. Uh, he's mainly my favorite because of Darkwing Duck. Um, now, I loved, I loved Darkwing Duck as a kid. And I've actually been introducing my nephew to it uh, off and on. And he is hooked. Um... When asked, like they spent the weekend with us this weekend, uh, which is why I'm mainly recording this on a Sunday and releasing it same day. Um, anytime he wanted to watch something, he'd say, the dark duck, the dark duck. And finally I was like, oh, Darkwing Duck. And we have almost finished season one just in this weekend. And <laughs> it's very uh, fulfilling to see him get latched on like I was as a kid at his age. Uh, watching... Jim Cummings also do Darth Vader as Winnie the Pooh is pretty phenomenal. Um, go check out the YouTube channel Twisted Tunes. And what that is is they are from Comic-Cons, and all these voice actors will go to many different Comic-Cons under the Twisted Tunes brand and read film scripts like Lord of the Rings, uh, Tombstone, Star Wars. But they 
each character is given to a different voice actor and they are told what voice to do it in. So if you've ever seen Jim Cummings do Darth Vader as Winnie the Pooh, it is phenomenal. Go check that out. Uh, Another one of my favorites is Troy Baker. Um, Now, he's more modern uh, in this day and age, but Troy is actually the only man to play both Joker and Batman. His Joker is the closest you'll probably get to Mark Hamill without being Mark Hamill. Uh, He's also even played Arkham Knight, a.k.a. Jason Todd. So he's played three of big names in the Batman family. Um, He was, that was the Arkham Knight video game that he did, Jason Todd. Uh, Most of you all would probably know his voice, though, from being Booker DeWitt in Bioshock Infinite. And, of course, everyone's favorite PlayStation game, in this day and era, The Last of Us, he is the voice to Joel, singing and speaking, and does the mocap stuff too. So Troy has fun show also with Nolan North called Retro Replay on YouTube. Uh, definitely check that out as well. They are really close. They're best friends. They do a lot of work together, and they also tour a lot of Comic-Cons together as well. So the next one on my list is Maurice LaMarche. A lot of people would not know him by name. But he is a man of many voices, like the rest. Uh, His impersonations are remarkable. He does do the voice of The Brain from Peaky and the Brain, as well as Inspector Gadget and hundreds of others. But his impersonations of the old TV show Columbo and his Will Shatner impersonation as well, they are phenomenal. See, that's another cool thing about these voice actors is through perfecting their trade as cartoon voices they have also learned and taught themselves to portray real life people and sound just like them uh it's it's scary sometimes how how well they sound like them sometimes better than you think the real person sounds um let's move on kevin conroy he is vengeance he is the knight he is batman If you were even half of a Batman fan, you know his voice. He may have a few other credits under his belt here and there that aren't the Cape Crusader-like. Fun fact, he did a voice of a pretty reoccurring character in the video game Max Payne 2. But this man is Batman. Look up his IMDb and no one has Batman credentials like Conroy has. Uh, He tells a very fun story. Uh, in the documentary about helping with with the food kitchens during 9-11. And when they found out he was Batman, people would just be like, uh, don't talk like Kevin. You know, he would serve people as Batman. And that just brought smiles to their face. Um, Conroy belongs on this list mainly because he's Batman. So, and you cannot talk about Kevin Conroy or Batman for that matter without talking about Mark Hamill. Sorry, Star Wars nerds, I'm not talking about Luke Skywalker. I'm talking about the greatest comic book villain, if not the biggest pop culture villain in history, the Joker. Hamill was perhaps surpassed his famous Luke with his voice of the clown prince of crime, and rightfully so. Um, one of the coolest moments he has had in recent animation is uh, there's a DC more kitty like uh, cartoon 
that there's a one scene where he voices the jokester, the trickster, Swamp Thing, and even himself, Mark Hamill, in the same scene. Uh, his voice resume actually far outshines his live-action resume, and rightfully so, because he's just such a talented voice actor. And you cannot talk about Batman without talking about Joker. You cannot talk about Kevin Conroy without talking about Mark Hamill. If either one of them is not on board with a Batman story, the other one does not show up. That's the kind of relationship they have, and the relationship they have built for these two characters. Like, with that, if Conroy's not Batman, Hamill, 99% of the time, will not play the Joker. So I think that's a pretty cool respect for one another. Um, the next one I want to talk about is Jess Harnell. Now, Jess's biggest claim to fame is lending the voice of Wacko Warner in the Animaniacs. You know, hello, nurse. But he has had some other big moments in animation, such as uh, Kingdom Hearts, Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, he does some voices and different stuff, hundreds of other cartoons. But one of his main stage titles is he is the voice in the Transformers live-action movies of Ironhide. He does the voice to Ironhide. Um, he has voiced Ironhide in all the live-action movies that Ironhide has been around, but he's also barricade in the Transformer cartoons. So that has him change up his voice, but still get to be in the Transformers universe. Um... I think what helps his voice uh, talent and skill is he's also a member of a metal band called Rock Sugar. And they perform at a lot of Comic Cons. And it he says that it's truly helped his voice acting career because it's taught him different exercises. It keeps his voice trained all year round as opposed to just, hey, you've got a couple of weeks of work. Uh, make sure your voice is strong for just this character for a few weeks of work. But since he's a, a singer... In this rock band, Rock Sugar, uh, it helps him stay trained all year long. So that's pretty cool. And honestly, if you've seen him, he is a rock star. <laughs> he really is. He's got the rock star look. Uh, next one on my list is Phil Lamar. If you don't know him by name, he gained a lot of popularity on the SNL knockoff show Mad TV as a cast member. But I have known him for years as Jon Stewart's Green Lantern. Uh, he's Samurai Jack, Hermes in Futurama, and of course everyone's favorite weatherman, Ollie Williams from Family Guy. Phil is probably the biggest reason by John Stewart being my favorite Green Lantern is the 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 power that just his voice has at creating the character of John Stewart, the uh, conviction that John Stewart has in just being voiced by Phil Lamar. Uh, that, I think, is a talent alone to make you fall in love with a character just by their voice, like not actually physically being a real Green Lantern. Um, there's a lot of um, speculation as to whether Phil Lamar will somehow be involved with the Green Lantern show that is going to HBO Max. I really hope in some form or fashion he is. Um, I know he's been, you know vying to like oh i could play john stewart for real life too but you know he's a little older and kind of like i talked about earlier he is not built like a superhero so it'd be very interesting to see if and how he is involved with the green lantern show now i talked about this person a little bit earlier um nolan north uh, as mentioned earlier he's brought his voice to a lot of big moments in video gaming. Um, when I hear him talk, if I close my eyes, I, I only see Superboy from Young Justice. Um, 
I actually am a pretty big, this is an admit, admittance to all of you out there, I am a pretty big Pretty Little Liars fan, too, admittedly. Um, I think it's the mystery of it, and it's really cool to see a show led by strong female performers. I love that. Um, he's just as good on screen and live action as he is with his voice. Uh, most gamers would know his voice as being also Nathan Drake for all these years. He is the voice to Nathan Drake. Uh, let's move on to the next person, Rob Paulson. Nerf! One dumb word made Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, one of the most quotable cartoon characters as a kid for me. Nerf! Mm. All this from the voice of Rob Paulson. You don't get me wrong. He's also voiced Yakko Warner, the brother of Wacko Warner and Animaniacs, and many other popular characters like Donatello and TMNT, Carl and Jimmy Neutron, but Pinky may be his most iconic voice of Rob's, in my opinion. Um, and I know that Pinky and the Brain was just a little mini-show within the Animaniacs, but... <laughs> um, and if you follow his podcast, uh, it's fantastic. He just sits down and interviews his friends from voice acting and to hear them go back and forth. Uh, and if you have ever seen him at the Twisted Tunes doing famous movie roles as Pinky or Yakko, it is worth the check. Check it out. Um, my next one on this list is Kevin Michael Richardson. Now, hmm, if you were fortunate to uh, listen to the Joker episode of 30 and Nerdy way back when, uh, you heard me say that I did not like Kevin's version of the Joker in the newer Batman cartoon series, but I do not hold that against him. He is still one of my favorite voice actors today with credits like he is the voice to Goro in that original Mortal Kombat movie. He does Martian Manhunter and Young Justice and does it well. Groot in Marvel's animated cartoons. And, of course, Cleveland Jr. and Family Guy in the Cleveland Show. Uh, he also uh, is part of one of my favorite uh, episodes of How I Met Your Mother, where he sits down with Barney and Marshall and is telling them things to text Ted to kind of joke with him. But he... His character has this smooth, velvety, beautiful voice, and that just goes to show his talent in voice acting. Um, he is hilarious. He does a really funny Mike Tyson as well. Um, definitely check out his resume. It's it's surprising for some of those uh, you'll, that you had no idea was actually Kevin Michael Richardson voicing it. Uh, and last but certainly not least, uh, this person is probably one of my new favorite voice actors of the modern era. Uh, she is everything from Harley Quinn to Timmy Turner, Batgirl, Mary Jane Watson, and even Bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls. What do they all have in common? One amazing, beautiful woman, Tara Strong. Tara's list of credits and voice talents outweighs many of the men in this business, and rightfully so. She's played good, bad, girl, boy, machine, even little ponies. She's done it all, and is still going strong. This is probably one of my newest nerd crushes uh, going today. Definitely. Now, I'm, I have a, a big list. It'd probably be more... Uh, it'd probably be easier to tell you voice actors that I'm not really fans of than it is those that I am fans of. I enjoy voice acting. Um, I have enjoyed this, nerds and nerdettes. Um, 
I may talk about more if if you know more starts popping up when things finally start going up and getting started again hopefully in in the very near future we can start seeing some things created again but the really cool thing about this world is it can go on during a pandemic you know where the live action world is kind of shut down voice acting can still happen they can do it from home you know you can do it in zoom and that's what makes voice acting here to stay and probably more successful especially in this day and age than live action film and television because you can do this from home um it's it's fantastic uh I've thoroughly enjoyed talking about this with you all and, and taking you through one of my biggest passions in life. I am a capital N-E-R-double-D about this stuff. And I hope I have at least piqued some interest in you as well about this amazing art of voice acting. Give it a look-see. Search some of these names. Search some of your favorite cartoons and anime. See who the voices are and what else they have done, and which truly shows the diversity of their resume. I highly recommend uh, the documentary. Again, I know that voice. It's a cool doc, and it opens your eyes to this world. You can uh, rent it or purchase it at Amazon Prime. Uh, now, before we head out, uh, let's see uh, what the deal is with advertising expressions. From us here at Advertising Expressions, we want you to know that we hope that you and yours have been well amid this pandemic. We have been blessed to have survived ourselves and realize that here in Morstown, it can be hard to keep things rolling in times like these. Therefore, whether you are a business that has closed and are looking to reopen, a business that has crawled through the time fighting for the next breath, or maybe you are a business that has done better in this time, we want to help you. See, our business is to promote yours, and we strive to do that by getting your name in front of as many people as possible as often as possible, for as long as possible. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, we are giving you 19% off new quotes that result in orders of $190 or more. Use the promo code NERDRONA19. That's N-E-R-D-R-O-N-A and the number 19. You can find us at 2103 Morningside Drive in Morristown, Tennessee, or contact us at 423 423- Five eight six three two seven zero. Welcome back, nerds. Definitely check out Advertising Expressions, especially with that fantastic deal going on. Whether it's hats, shirts, lanyards, pins, postcards, anything you can think of, they can customize it with your brand. Um, tell them 30 and Nerdy sent you. Use that code. Get you a heck of a deal. Um... During this pandemic especially, great time to be finding deals out there. Now, next week, Nerd Nation, uh, I'm going to be talking about the year 1999, or as I like to call it, the dawn of the Silver Age. Because, you know, obviously, because the 90s were already the Golden Age, up next would be Silver. So, I'm going to talk about Y2K scare that was happening. Gaming. Cartoons, movies, everything about that final year of the 90s that started us on the path to perhaps the biggest shift in nerd culture in recent years. Uh, what got us to where we are today? I think a lot happened in 1999 as a year that 
is still affecting today in our nerd culture. So we're going to be talking about that. I hope you will send questions, thoughts about uh, this episode, uh, the episode that will be airing next week. If you email me, I will answer it. I will take the time during the episode, and I will answer it. So please send your thoughts. Uh, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. If you want to tweet me using the hashtag 30andnerdypod, I will answer some of those as well. I want to send a huge thanks to our Patreon supporters who have uh, stayed on board with us during the pandemic and who have been patient. Um, You get special gifts from time to time for being a Patreon supporter, behind-the-scenes footage, sneak peeks on what's to come, uh, special episodes. Uh, Hopefully soon we will have some things to talk about, like uh, the new Season 2 of Mandalorian, stuff like that. I will do special episodes on anything like that that is going on. I will also be uh, sending a few things towards our Patreon supporters in the coming weeks as a huge thank you for being patient. Uh, Right now we're running a special at our Patreon page, $1 a month. We'll make you a Patreon supporter and you will get the same things that everyone else is. Now I'm doing that deal through the rest of 2020 uh, as a thank you for the patience. So $1 a month, uh, you can't really get much anything anymore for $1. So uh, $1 a month, you get to be a Patreon supporter of the show and have somewhat ownership of the show and get some cool things while you're at it. I hope that you will um, find us on podchaser.com, rate this episode, let us know what you like to hear. And uh, while you're there at podchaser.com, look for the list Pod Nation. Those are a bunch of our friends. It is very simple. You go to the site, search the list Pod Nation, give some of our friends a listen. Heck, pick a show a day to tune into. If you like what you've heard, hit the subscribe on them. Give them the rating that they deserve and tell them 30 and nerdy sent you. Give them all five stars because they are all five-star worthy. Um... Thanks again for tuning in. Hope y'all are safe. Huge shout out to all those grocery store employees, first responders, everything that are nurses and doctors who are working hard during this COVID pandemic. Please be cautious. Be considerate of your fellow man. Wear a mask. If you are a nerd and you are not wearing a mask, then you are not a nerd, my friend. I mean, even Batman wore a mask to protect his loved ones. That's why he did it. So that's why you should do it, to protect your loved ones. Uh, Well, nerds and nerdettes, that is it for this week's episode. If you want, give me a shout on your thoughts on this episode. If you want to ask some questions in next week's, you know where to find me. I have been your Duke of Nerds. Y'all have been beautiful. Stay safe. Stay sanitized. DJ Mike Howie, take us out. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Brought to you by Ashley Lodge Photography. Freddy Cat Productions, Encore Theatrical Company, and Advertising Expressions. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and follow along with the conversation using the hashtag 30 and Nerdy Pod. Find us in the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks. Oh, mother.